Praise the Lord, my brothers and sisters. Uh, so I hope you have a, a good break, got some lunch. And so now we're energized again to uh, have the second session. According to the uh, announced schedule, I think the meeting should end. Uh, I still would have uh, about maximum an hour and a half or a little bit less now. Uh, I quite likely will take most of that time, maybe still leaving about 10 minutes for all of us to share something. We'll see <clears throat> how the Lord leads. <clears throat> I'd like to um, say a word at the outset again, uh, just as a uh, uh, reminder, a little bit of a caution uh, that I have, and that is, uh, <clears throat> you know, this is uh, a bit of a, these unusual times, and this is the uh, um, unusual that we would actually meet in this way or uh, use technology to this extent to give a virtual conference like this. And once you're in cyberspace, there's no control of this material. It go everywhere around the globe. And in fact, I think it's already being circulated right now. Um, <clears throat> In, in 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 warp speed well um i just like to say this especially for saints who are here joining us uh, for the first time and that is number one um the conference here was a planned conference annual conference for the mid-atlantic states the churches and the saints there and so this is actually a mid-atlantic conference however <clears throat> because we're using technology uh, suddenly this becomes <clears throat> accessible, available to uh, many saints everywhere. Um, and so, but please keep in mind, uh, I speak uh, uh, primarily to the local saints in the Mid-Atlantic area. Secondly, as such, uh, this word that I'm giving in these uh, sessions uh, not any kind uh, is not any kind of official word from the co-workers. I'm not some kind of authority or authority uh, or representative of the Lord's recovery of the co-workers to give a word to the recovery. I hope you will all be clear this is not the case. What I share here in fellowship um, is really something from my heart based on my, uh, um, the feelings I've received, um, I believe from the Lord, um, uh, in the setting or against the backdrop of these uh, very tumultuous times that, that we find ourselves in. Uh, of course, particularly my burden is for the United States, um, <clears throat> even though Europe is the epic center, but um, this whole virus thing is uh, kind of uh, uh, exploding all around us. And um, there will be uh, uh, likely more weeks uh, ahead, uh, if not longer, uh, before this um, crisis can be arrested. Meantime, uh, we are instructed uh, by the authorities, by the uh, you know, experts uh, to um, stay at home, to self-quarantine, 
uh, to do what we can do uh, to uh, slow down the spread um, of this outbreak and hopefully eventually to bring it under control. I think this should be all in our hearts um, for the sake of this country, for the sake of all the people. And I still, I, I really think we should remember all the citizens of this country, especially those who are uh, more vulnerable, uh, at least up to this point, even uh, although it is not just restricted to the older population, especially those with underlying health conditions. Um, it, uh, it is, has no respect of age groups. However, we know uh, from the experience up to this point that there is that the older people are, is the most vulnerable or susceptible. So we need to pray for them. Uh, there's a lot of sufferings going on, a lot of anxiety, a lot of panic. Um, um, and with the economic fallout uh, that is going on, uh, in Wall Street, in you know various industries, uh, uh, people becoming unemployed. Uh, it may even be affecting uh, some of our own saints. Um, so this is really, really a time of um, a great suffering. Um, and uh, more than anything else, just the sense of uncertainty, of not knowing what's next, what's coming. Uh, there's no cure vaccine yet, although people are racing to uh, develop and produce that. Uh, the testing uh, that is making uh, becoming more available, etc., etc. So um, <clears throat> I hope. <clears throat> well, I should say because of this, I think uh, as human beings, we all should uh, have a lot of feeling, um, and uh, so. Um, uh, but uh, more than that, uh, uh, the particular um, uh, concern uh, uh, for the uh, Lord's recovery, for the dear saints, brothers and sisters in the Lord's recovery who are uh, likewise affected, uh, there's a particular burden for, for them, for you. And so um, I do not have any crystal ball. To tell you what's going to happen next. Uh, I'm not here to delve into prophecies to talk about the end times and and so on. Um, and uh, I, uh, nor of course, of course, we do not get into anything but political, anything uh, earthly in that sense. Um, but uh, as co-sharers in this present. Um, um, uh, difficulty um, and uh, especially as a brother among you uh, who have some um, um, uh, responsibility and obligation uh, to the churches and the saints uh, I just like to take this opportunity uh, to fellowship really what is on my heart so as I said in the first meeting uh, session uh, that uh, I don't consider these actually to be messages even though Brother David Kung say their messages, I consider these rather as talks. Um, in fact, home talks. Um, um, many of us are right now, if not all of us, sitting in our in the comfort of our own home, um, um, viewing these uh, uh, these talks. 
And so um, I actually thought about uh, uh, Paul, the apostle, in Acts 20, when he gathered the uh, elders of the church in Ephesus for one final time by the seaside to recall his uh, ministry uh, among them for three years in Ephesus. And um, it was very, very touching, of course, recount um, that Paul really opened his heart uh, before he charged the elders how they should be overseers to shepherd God's flock um, and uh, to use himself as an example, how he would go from house to house uh, with tears, great patience, uh, to um, uh, and not withholding anything of God's counsel uh, to um, uh, fellowship with the saints. Now, I know Apostle Paul, not here drawing that analogy whatsoever, but I'm saying I was very moved by, uh, by that, uh, that uh, example of Paul uh, to actually go into the homes of the saints. So I said, wait a minute, the saints this weekend are in homes. And uh, by way of technology, I am actually in their homes with them and can sit down uh, in a chair, as it were, to just have some uh, very intimate, very personal, very mutual kind of fellowship. So I hope that this spirit would pervade these uh, talks and uh, you would, uh, we would all be uh, relaxed, we would all be uh, uh, in a comfortable setting and we would really have some uh, dear fellowship uh, in spirit uh, together. So um, I hope uh, the saints who are watching this, I know these things would easily go viral. Please, please be very, very careful. Uh, 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 even the way you would spread these things. Um, I don't want to, this to cause any kind of a misunderstanding or concern or problem. Uh, in the churches and in the Lord's recovery at all. So please help uh, in this regard. Now, um, uh, as David said that uh, we, uh, last minute, I uh, disseminated an outline, which was prepared uh, recently, you know, after these, uh, you know, the uh, this uh, coronavirus uh, uh, outbreak and especially when it uh, began to reach these shores and uh, uh, the there's no really title this is like like I say not a some kind of a um, uh, message it's just a word I call it a word of encouragement and comfort I just feel just to in these days to uh, encourage the brothers and sisters and, and comfort them. We all need encouragement and comfort, don't we? At various times in our lives, uh, uh, when we are um, forlorn, when we are uh, in fear, uh, when we have no way out, when we're besieged um, um, by this and that, uh, and in a great difficulty, uh, we all need encouragement. God is the God of all encouragement, and the Father is the Father of all comfort, the Word tells us. 
And so uh, let us be open to receive uh, such a divine encourage and comfort together uh, by, uh, by these words. So I'm going to now just follow this outline and still speak quite freely. Uh, and those of you who don't, uh, you can get the outline later or you can just, uh, just uh, watch and listen. Uh, the first verse uh, in the first Roman numeral actually is an Old Testament verse. Now, there, um, there, there are lots and lots of uh, verses uh, in the Bible uh, of, of, uh, of, uh, with an encouragement and comfort nature. And um, I have here actually on my desk 100 verses, at least, uh, New Te Old Testament and New Testament for comfort. Uh, if you go to your old Bible, King James, you may find, uh, you know, a section on comfort in trials with a, uh, with a list of verses. So, um, uh, but, uh, there, and, and then also there are many uh, verses in the Old Testament, particular in Psalms, uh, that are of this nature. And uh, I may make some reference to them as we go along. Um, but um, the verse that really occurs, uh, firstly, is Isaiah 26, verse 3 through 4, and let me read. You will keep the steadfast of mind in perfect peace, because he trusts in you. Trust in Jehovah forever and ever. For in Yah, or Jah, Jehovah, we have an eternal rock. And we know that uh, the book of Isaiah is not just a book of prophecy, but really a book concerning Christ. And so um, a lot of the things uh, that are said there, um, 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 uh, it's not just dispensational in nature, in nature but actually can be applied um, and enjoyed by us today, including this verse. So uh, I like to use this verse to really uh, address the matter of uh, our inward parts today. When we talk about uh, having peace, and by the way, in the first message, uh, actually there are three main words that structure, that frame my fellowship with you, and that would be uh, those three uh, paramount and preeminent virtues. Um, uh, according to, for, um, uh, especially in 1 Corinthians 13, and that would be love and faith and hope. Now, what about peace? Well, that is something that I will talk, be talking about in this uh, session. And so to approach this matter, to cover this matter, um, we need to, uh, we must realize Real peace is really not merely a tranquil surrounding. The true peace is always emanates from the inside. Peace is, true peace is within. And that means peace must be in our inward parts, in our spirit, in our soul, uh, before we can enjoy it even in our uh, body and you know physical uh, existence and so our inward parts is most important and of our inward parts we know 
uh, mingle spirit is where the Lord is, where God is, and where peace is. The real area that really needs peace in our inward parts, that longs for peace, that peace, that needs the peace on a daily basis, is really our soul. Our soul. Um, when our soul is like in a stormy sea, uh, in, in a uh, in an un in a restless kind of a condition, uh, we are just a, a disturbed being. Um, we panic. Uh, we become afraid, um, we're full of anxiety, and so on and so forth. But when there's peace in our soul, uh, in that, in our person, then that becomes and uh, uh, it will stabilize. Uh, it will have the effect of anchoring us down. Now, we know that the real peace is Christ. Christ is our peace. He's our peace offering. Uh, he, he came to preach peace. And he gave peace to us. He said, "What I, uh, uh, my peace I leave with you, not as what the world gives you. And uh, the Lord is peace itself, and the Lord is the peace giver. But that peace is not only meant for our innermost part, our inner man. That peace should overflow, should spread, should preside even in our soul and particularly our mind, followed by our emotion and our will. I hope my speaking this way is not too elementary, brothers and sisters, um, in order for us to really have a steadfast mind uh, in these days, uh, to have a tranquil being in these uh, in these rough seas that we were in, we need to start there. And so this verse is very very appropriate. This verse speaks of one a person whose mind is steadfastly on the Lord. What is a steadfast mind? It's not someone whose mind is particularly strong, they're tough, they're sturdy, you know, um, they are, uh, uh, you know, um, just uh, un unmovable, they are just uh, that kind of person. The mind that is steadfast is a mind that is steadfast on the Lord because the Lord is our anchor. The Lord is our real safety and security. The Lord is our real peace. So when our mind is off from the Lord, we tend to drift. We will go up and down, this way or that. Uh, we will be unanchored. We will be all over the place. But when our mind is set on the spirit, set your mind on the spirit is life and what? and peace not an outward peace but an inward peace so when we set our mind on the lord that is on the spirit that's when we our mind will have peace that's when peace will preside in our inward being our spirit is the very organ the very center for us to contact the lord 
and for the Lord to contact us, right? We all know this. Therefore, Romans 8, 6 says that the mindset on the spirit is life and peace. May in these days, brothers and sisters, let us learn. You know, you hear a piece of news, you get some kind of um, crazy phone calls. Uh, oh, the martial law is coming. Uh, oh, you know, um, the, the, the sky is falling. The world is collapsing. Well, well, don't just be drawn to that and re react to that. Turn to your spirit, brothers and sisters. Call on the Lord, Lord Jesus. Turn to God, the Lord, and touch him, all right? And set your mind on him at those times. Then we'll begin to have the inner peace. And that is not some kind of psychological trick. That is real, very, very real. We can try it. We can try it. We really should call on the Lord more these days, right? Saying sometimes you don't even know what to pray, what to say. Lord Jesus, right? Be my peace. Lord, pacify me at this time with yourself, right? With your presence and so on and so forth. The proper direction for the mind is to be toward the Lord. That's how we should set our mind in these days. Now the enemy entices our mind to be directed towards something other than the Lord. And those things, even if they are not evil, they're not dependable. They're not reliable. You may receive certain comfort words, so certain comforting news uh, from the experts and so on and so forth. I'm not... I'm not uh, despising that uh, people need that but I'm saying ultimately ultimately the enemy wants to draw us away from Christ from the Lord because he knows once he can remove us from the Lord from our cleaving to him from our staying with him from our abiding with him he will have a field day with us he can play with our mind he can serve any and everything to scare us, um, to put us in, bring us into turmoil. When our mind is set on something other than the Lord, we're under attack. Isn't that, isn't that true? We should all have some of that experience. The enemy attack, we'll say more about that. We should not separate our mind from our spirit. This is the Christian life. And what a time to practice the Christian life today. We must let the spirit become the spirit of our mind, Ephesians. That means we must let the spirit, in this case the spirit of peace, spread into our mind and become the spirit of our mind. When our spirit and mind are blended together, we can praise without any worry. What, what, what a word from the ministry. We can start to praise rather than uh, complaining, uh, rather than screaming at one another, uh, 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 rather than cursing and all these things, rather than sighing. We praise without any worry. You say, really? 
things are so bad, you still talk about praising the Lord with no worries? Well, dear saints, it depends where we are, or rather, who we're with. We can be full of peace without any anxiety, and we can be at rest without any agitation. You know, in these kind of times, emotions runs raw. Emotions run raw, and we get so easily agitated at anybody and anything. But, but, if we are with the Lord, we can be filled with peace, with no anxiety, and even no agitation that helps the people around us. Am I right? Otherwise, we will have worry, anxiety, fanciful thoughts. You can start go crazy with wild imaginations. And that doesn't help our Christian life, our church life. We should trust in Jehovah forever and ever. It's not just an Old Testament word verse. We should trust in Jesus forever and ever. You know, it comes to mind, by the way, there's this old Christian song, 368. So we almost think it's, it's a children's song. But at these times, sometimes children's song works, you know. Tis so sweet, sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word, just to rest upon his promise, just to know, thus saith the Lord, Jesus, Jesus, how I trust him, how I proved him o'er and o'er. Jesus, Jesus, precious Jesus, oh, for grace to trust him more. One of my grandsons loved to sing this song. All right, you got him, the, 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 this uh, uh, chorus memorized. But it's not just for children. If it is, aren't we all children of God? Yes. I'm so glad, the last verse, I'm so glad I learned to trust thee, precious Jesus, Savior, friend. And I know that thou art with me, will be with me to the end. On these, the simple, basic truths. We can even hum a hymn, sing a hymn like this in these days. Let's not stop singing. The more everyone is, right, sighing or complaining, we Christians are singing and praising. And then uh, I have uh, talked about songs. I don't mind sharing you with some of the songs for our help. And another one is, uh, you know, talk about singing 717. You know, a lot of the full-timers sing the song. Oh, let us rejoice in the Lord evermore, though all things around us be trying. Though floods of affliction like sea billows roar, isn't that the situation? It's better to sing than be sighing. Then rejoice evermore. Rejoice evermore. It is better to sing than be sighing. It is better to live than be dying. So let us rejoice evermore oh let us rejoice in the lord evermore when the darts of the tempter are flying these are the fiery darts that are aimed at our mentality from satan for satan still dreads as he oft did of your our singing much more than our sighing oh let us rejoice in the lord evermore 
when sickness upon us is stealing. No cordial like gladness our strength can restore, for joy is the fountain of healing. Sing the song. Brother Lee loved this song and taught all the trainees to sing the song. In these days, let us speak the word, speak the hymns, and sing the word more, right? And be filled in the spirit in these evil days. Trust in Jehovah. So such a elementary exhortation, but how we need it in these days. Dear saints, trust in the Lord forever, now, and forever. In him we have an eternal rock. An eternal rock. So solid, so strong, so trustworthy. The worldly people are always in haste, in panic, whenever things happen to them. Every human being apart from Christ has nothing to trust in, really. Really, I feel so sorrowful for so many unsaved. They have nothing to grasp on, nothing they can trust in. But we have the Lord as the eternal rock to trust in. As the rock of our stronghold, Christ is the God of our salvation in whom we should trust. There's plenty of verses. If you get the outline, you can go um, uh, get them from Psalms, from Isaiah, that talks how God today is our Savior, our salvation, uh, our rock, uh, and, and so on. And uh, uh, let me read you just Psalm 18. I'm just pulling out one verse. I love you, O Jehovah, my strength. Jehovah is my fortress, my deliverer, my God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my high retreat. What more do we need, dear saints, if we have Jesus, our Jehovah today? Pray with these verses. Speak to your children about them. Fellowship with the family about these things. What a God we have. Now, the second thing I have to come to follow this thought is uh, based on Ephesians 6, uh, it says, 11 and 17, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the stratagems of the devil and receive the helmet of salvation. So the first thing we need to find out is what are the stratagems of the devil? And number two, how do we withstand that? How do we defend ourselves from them? Receiving the helmet of salvation is for covering our mind. You know, I put on a helmet here. That's to cover the mind, the mentality against negative thoughts shot in by the evil one, the fiery darts. Such a helmet, such a salvation is God, uh, such a covering is God's salvation. God saves us, not in a kind of a miraculous way, not just in an outward way. He saved our inward being. He saved our soul. He saved our mind specifically by being a helmet. Actually, we all know all the equipment of this uh, 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 whole armor 
are all different aspects of Christ. So this helmet of salvation is Christ as the salvation of our mentality to protect it from all the what the uh, arrows and darts fiery darts that comes from the evil one all ways to confuse uh, to uh, to uh, strike fear right to stir worries to threaten it's always doing this and once we lose that we cannot uh be calm right to face the situation in the lord satan injects threats worries anxieties and other weakening thoughts into our mind god's salvation is the covering that we take up against all these i'm not saying brothers and sisters that in these days we do not we're not human we should not take care of things that we of our responsibilities uh, and our particular responsibilities in these days but i am saying to saints we should prevent ourselves not to fall into this kind of a condition we'll be entirely weakened weakened we cannot fight we cannot stand up. We cannot face even the outward situation that we're in. And just like the whole world, we'll just fall into a kind of a frenzy, a kind of panic, um, kind of a situation of deep fear. God's salvation is the covering that we can take up, aggressively take up, put on. Put on the helmet of salvation against all these things. Such a salvation is the saving Christ whom we experience in our daily life. Dear saints, every day, every minute, we can experience this saving one. This saving one. He's ready to save. He is in our spirit. We need to turn to him. Set our mind on him. Be steadfast. To consider him, right? And put on this helmet of salvation to ward off the enemy's attack. Then we have this very, very common and famous passage in uh, Philippians that I'm sure we are quoting a lot in these days. Philippians 4 In nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. I like it, not just prayer. But petition, we have needs, the Lord knows. There are necessities, there are problems, there are situations. Nothing wrong to petition the Lord, to ask the Lord to come in, to do something, to help. But with thanksgiving, Paul never forgets to associate thanksgiving with prayer. Thanksgiving means the Lord knows, the Lord heard, the Lord will answer, the Lord will care. And those are the reasons for us to be filled with thanksgiving. So let us not pray these days or petition these days, forgetting to give thanks to him. Thank you, Lord, 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Right? Let your requests be made known to God. I said already, we have requests. Let it be made known to God. Tell God. Tell the Lord. Tell the Lord about whatever is on your heart. And the peace of God, which the peace of God, that surpasses every man's understanding. This is, this is, you know, we have the knowledge surpassing love of Christ in Ephesians 3. We have uh, understanding surpassing peace in this chapter. It's beyond understanding. It's, uh, it's inexplicable. It's, uh, it's almost irrational. That peace that uh, passes all understanding is just there. It's just there. It's very real, brothers and sisters. And that peace of God will do something. It will guard your heart. It will garrison, you know, like a sentry, like a soldier on the watch. It will guard your hearts, your heart. That is a big part of our soul and your thoughts, again, the mind in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus is very important because this word in means union, means we're one with Christ Jesus. It means we're remaining in him, in fellowship with him. So when we are, our mind is set on the spirit, we are abiding in the Lord, right, through prayer, through singing through his word, through thanksgiving, that peace will guard, will do its work to just guard over us, to keep us, to safeguard us, our hearts and thoughts. Oh, I just thank the Lord for giving us these very, very practical words for us to experience. The source of anxiety is Satan. Anxiety comes from Satan to frustrate the fulfillment of God's purpose. Look, if we are in a state of disturbance, right, in a state of unrest, how can we fulfill God's purpose? How can God's work proceed? We're so discombobulated, we're still so stirred up. Uh, God's purpose will be what will be hindered or frustrated and so satan today knows this human being so he just used anxiety as his top missile to shoot as his top weapon to what to to paralyze god's children to demobilize god's army to make us of no effect these days in the homes are not days of idleness. I hope not. We should all be in peace, but we should all be positive, aggressive, active in the Lord concerning his purpose and his interest. Not to mention even to face today's outward environment, which we all need to face. Even for that, is for God's purpose. 
all things work together. The all things is for God's purpose. And the all things work together for those who are called according to his purpose. So his purpose is eminently important. Today, no matter what we're doing, even when we have to stay in home, the purpose of God is still going on, still needs to be carried out. The way we're living today is upended. It's very different from what we used to know as normal. But that doesn't mean God's purpose is still ceases to progress. No, no, no. God's purpose is still going on. His work in his economy, in our being, to build up the body, the church, is still going on through our cooperation with him. Anxiety is Satan's incarnation. Did you hear that? It's Brother Lee's word. Anxiety is Satan's incarnation. Just like grace or peace is Christ's incarnation, anxiety is a devilish incarnation. If we welcome anxiety, we would welcome Satan. The devil, therefore, we need to be watchful. We need to be watchful of what? Of these waves of anxiety that would come from that source. If we give way to anxiety, we shall also give way to the adversary, the enemy within. Whenever we are anxious or worried, we should say, Satan, you're exposed. This anxiety is really you. I got you identified. This is not anxiety. This is you, the devil. Satan, get away from me. Since these days, I also feel we need to practice to speak to the devil. To cast him out. Don't, don't just take it. Don't just kind of shake and just take it. And for sure, don't welcome him. Keep him out. Uh, um, Satan, just get away. I'm eternally quarantining you. How about that? Um, um, as, as hell is from heaven, I'm distancing you. How about that? Um, just apply the Lord Christ as our authority, as our power, and put on the whole armor. Wield the sword, the sword of the Spirit for offense, the word of God, the Spirit word, and tell the devil to get away, to stay away. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. I'm very concerned many saints are opening the door for this virus-infected devil, okay? Keep him away. Don't get this contagion. Don't get affected. Don't get infected by him, by this more powerful virus called anxiety. Called anxiety. Get away. The devil is a roaring lion walking about, seeking someone to devour. Pride and anxiety makes us a delicious prey to fill the hunger of this 
roaring lion. And I am looking for this verse here in Philippians. Uh, here it says, okay, actually, 1 Peter 5, 6 to, sorry, it's 1 Peter 5, 6 to 8. Therefore, be humble under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. By the way, this epistle is spoken or written by Peter to the suffering Jews, the Jewish believers, who are under God's discipline, being persecuted, having a very, very difficult time. He said, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. That means God is sovereign. God is in control. God allows these things to happen, even in part for our discipline and approvedness, these trials and tribulation for our learning. He may exalt you in due time. Of course, this touches our pride and so those kind of things as well. So, but in these days, let's humble. And this says immediately the next verse, casting all your anxiety on him because it matters to him concerning you. So part of as we're humbling ourselves before the Lord, and may I just add a sentence here these days, as we're with the Lord, the Lord may move us, touch us concerning certain things we need to repent, to deal with. Let us humble ourselves. And at the same time, we're in a condition to cast, or in a position to cast our anxiety on him. It matters to him concerning you. Brothers and sisters, it matters to him. Every one of us matters to him. Even our children, those born in Zion, matters to him. The older saints, middle-aged saints, millennial saints, young people, college age, our children, it matters to him concerning us because we are his. Your adversary, now he comes to the adversary, the devil is the roaring lion, walks about seeking someone to devour. In these times, dear saints, the enemy is also roaming. As the virus is uh, spreading, the devil, this roaring lion, is roaming just hunting for opportunity to devour, to swallow up people, including the saints, to find his prey, to satisfy his hunger, to eat us up, seeking someone to devour. How does he devour? By anxiety, by panic, by fear. We need to know the enemy's stratagems, brothers and sisters. Now, I'm not saying we should not be watchful, um, uh, keep our eyes on what is happening, um, you know, just to properly human. I'm not saying that, but I'm saying the, the stratagems of the enemy to swallow us up in these days. We must not let it happen. There is no anxiety in the divine life and the divine nature. Our human life is a life of anxiety, whereas God's life is a life of enjoyment, rest, comfort, and satisfaction. To God, anxiety 
is a strange term. With him, there's no such thing as anxiety. You know, there's uh, <clears throat> these uh, many wonderful messages from these verses uh, in the life studies of Philippians. Um, we even put out a book, I think, uh, Bibles for America, that kind of collected those verses together. I think, uh, I don't know when we did this, uh, in another turmoil before, another situation before. Um, and uh, those chapters on forbearance and anxiety, you know, those two opposites are just marvelous. These days you have more time at home, get into the ministry, get into the life studies, start with these messages from Philippians, uh, life studies on Philippians chapter four. The result of practicing fellowship with God in prayer is that we enjoy the peace of God. Prayer is general, having worship and fellowship as its essence. Petition is special, being for particular needs. Both our prayer and our petition should be accompanied by our giving thanks to the Lord. The peace of God is actually God himself as peace infused into us through our fellowship with him by prayer. We all have the experience. We are just kind of a bit kind of off kilter. Then we draw ourselves into the spirit. We call on the Lord's name. We calm down. We start to pray. And the more we pray, the more peaceful we become. The outward situation is still twirling. It's still stormy out there, but Jesus is in the boat. And he spoke to those elements, the wind, the rain, the storm, and everything was calm. So peace is a condition that comes from a person. The source is still God. The source is still Christ. Is Jesus in your boat? He is in mine. He is in all of our boats. Through the dis divine dispensing, the peace of God guards our hearts and thoughts in Christ Jesus. This peace is the counterpoise to troubles and the antidote to anxiety. You know, you, you, you cannot just think your way through this crisis. Uh, you know, um, you can uh, grit your teeth, but that's not our way. Our way is peace as the counterpoise to troubles and antidote to anxiety. We have a vaccine, we have a cure, we have the drug. It's called the peace of God, the peace of God. We need to take this every day. We need to be under its dispensing every day. This does not mean that troubles will disappear. No, the troubles may remain, 
but we have a counterpoise. Furthermore, the poison of anxiety is still within us, but we have an antidote. The peace of God transfusing to our being through our fellowship with God in prayer. Oh, how I look to the Lord these days, how prayer life of the saints in the church would be built up like never before. So these times are not wasted. These uh, quarantine times or the, some of these locked up times are not wasted in idleness. But these are really times we get all of us gather ourselves to pray, to fellowship with the Lord. The byproduct, the wonderful side effect is peace will be transfused into our being. For we, when we enjoy God as peace, we're made calm within. You know, when we have peace, then there will be calm. When we are calm, it's almost like the situation, those around us will also be calm. Now here, there's a hymn, 719, a wonderful hymn. We sing it sometimes. Like a river glorious is God's perfect peace over all victorious in its bright increase. Perfect, yet it floweth fuller every day. Perfect, yet it groweth deeper all the way. Stay upon Christ Jesus. Hearts are fully blessed, finding as he promised, perfect peace and rest. Let me finish. These are beautiful words. Hidden in the hollow of his blessed hand. Never foe can follow. F-O-E, Satan. Never traitor stand. Not a search of worry, not a shade of care. Not a blast of hurry. Touch the spirit there. Every joy or trial fallen from above, traced upon our dial by the Son of Love. We may trust Him fully, all for us to do. They who trust Him wholly find Him wholly true. A song for us to sing. Now, the next portion is Psalm 46. Very important psalm. Let me read. God is our refuge and strength, a help in distress. He is most readily found. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth change and the mountains slip into the heart of the seas, there's a river whose streams gladden the city of God. The holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She will not be moved. Now, we're not just talking about individual peace, brothers and sisters. We're talking about collective peace, corporate peace, the peace of the church, the peace in the church. The peace that is the church's portion. There's a river. It must be a river of peace. The streams of the river gladdens, make happy, make joyous that city of God. 
Jerusalem. So these days, dear saints, may I say a word here? This is not a suspension of the church life. This is not a cancellation of the body life. Quite the opposite. These are days of intense church life. House to house via technology. One to one, twos and threes. These are days when the church life should be more glad, more joyful, more filled with praise, more strong and more prevailing. The city which cannot be moved, this Jerusalem, is the unshakable kingdom. We have inherited an unshakable kingdom. The church is unshakable which is Christ himself with his enlargement, his increase. The Christ is the kingdom. The church is this kingdom. The head and the body. We're in this unshakable kingdom and we're part of this unshakable kingdom. Christ the king is Shiloh, which means peace bringer. When our king comes back, he will bring peace to the whole earth. Yes, today. Not only this round, but according to the words, according to prophecy, things will get worse. There will come a day in the great tribulation. This earth will be unfit for human existence. But when the king come, comes back, the Melchizedek, the king of peace, comes back, he will bring real peace to the whole earth. What a hope. There's no need for us to wait until that day, though, to enjoy him as our Shiloh. We may enjoy Christ as our Shiloh today. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We can enjoy Shiloh today. Right here on your couch. Right here in your living room. Right here in this tumultuous earth. We have Shiloh. We have Shiloh. Christ, our Shiloh, today. We may be in a stormy sea full of turmoil, like the disciples in the boat on the stormy sea. However, when the Lord entered the disciples' boat, the wind ceased because there can be no storm where Jesus is. There can be no storm where Jesus is. In the midst of a stormy situation, we should not pray in a begging way. Instead, we should exercise the authority and say, Lord, you're walking upon the sea. You are the king and you have authority. Now I exercise your authority over this stormy situation. Finally, we come to the end of the Bible. I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem. All of God's purpose will consummate in this holy city, as we know. The title, Jerusalem, is composed of two Hebrew words. Jeru means foundation. Salem means peace. Shalom means peace. Thus, Jerusalem means the foundation of peace. Jerusalem is something grounded, founded and safeguarded in peace. That is a city of peace. That's our destination. 
That's our destiny, brothers and sisters. And today, in reality, we're part of that city already. This city is safe, immovable, eternally established, unchanging. Praise the Lord. We're in the new Jerusalem. The Lord Jesus told us, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. That's the only peace that counts at the end of the day. He also said, these things I've spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In me, not, not in, in those persons or in that, in those other things without. In me, you have peace. In the world, you have affliction. There's still affliction out there. But take courage. I have overcome the world. The Lord was here talking specifically to the disciples about the persecution they will face. But the principle applies. The affliction. Men or environment. We should take courage to overcome. These days, dear saints, are days to not shrink back, but overcome. Jerusalem is the triune God to be our peace, to be our safety. The whole new Jerusalem will be an entity of peace. It's just an entity, just nothing but peace. It will be solidly grounded and safeguarded in the triune God. What else can, who else can be safer? The triune God as peace and safety. And we will enjoy the triune God as peace forever. Today, you look at the outward environment. People are devising different ways as they should. Their responsibility, that's what they're doing. But, but they cannot supply us with this true inner solid and substantial peace there's only one source that is the triune god and we shall enjoy the triune god as peace forever today brothers and sisters we do have a foretaste and there is a way for us to enjoy this foretaste which we cover in the beginning. That is to set our mind on the Spirit, to be one with the Lord, in fellowship with Him, by prayer, by reading His Word, by singing His praise, by giving thanks, in all things in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to the Father oh how we can still live this way in the midst of trials and tribulation and what a testimony that will be to the angels 
to the devil and the principalities, evil spirits, to the people around us, and to one another, how we can mutually encourage one another in this way. I do pray that the God of all comfort in these days will comfort all of you, all the dear saints in the churches, as only he could comfort us. I pray that his grace, all-sufficient grace, never powerless grace, would overshadow all of you, cover all of you, and supply all of you. I pray that this peace of God would garrison your mind, your thoughts, your soul in Christ Jesus to liberate us and free us from the daily anxieties and fear. I pray that the same God of peace, in fact, along with the Apostle Paul, I actually declare this, declare in God's presence, declare it in Satan's face, that the God of peace will crush Satan under our feet shortly. The Lord be with all of you, and we're standing with one another in these days. I really, really believe the, the Lord's recovery is firmly in his hand as the apple of his eye. He's caring for the churches as only he can as the son of man. And he, his arm is never shortened. This little verse I saw today here in from Deuteronomy, which is finished Deuteronomy 33. Old Testament verse, but very, very applicable. The God of old is your habitation, and underneath are eternal arms. Amen. I stop here.